what? The incorruptible, indestructible word of God. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I'll not go to sleep. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we glorify you for your word. We thank you that it's falling on good ground. We thank you, Lord, the enemy will not be able to steal the word right now. And we declare and we decree, God, that our lives will be forever changed because of the word of God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated. Well, I'm really excited this morning because we are continuing in pastor series. And today we are talking about the prison test. The prison test. And you know, we've gone through the life of Joseph so far. We have discussed the pride test. And we have discussed the pit test. And then we discussed the palace test. Well, today we're going to discuss the prison test. Because some of you are right in the middle of a tribulation. Some of you are right in the middle of something that feels like it's confining you. And you just can't get out. And Joseph went through this situation. But on the way to your dream and on the way to your destiny, these tests have to be taken. And they have to be passed or they'll be repeated. So we're going to talk about the prison test. And if you would uh, go ahead to Genesis 39. And I'm going to tell you a joke. Why you turn to Genesis 39, amen? Verses 1 through 21. And so there were three men in prison. An American man, a Chinese man, and a Jamaican man. And so they tried to escape. I got this joke from my sister-in-law when I was about maybe 11. She wasn't a sister-in-law then. But they had the three men, and they, they fled. They escaped Alcatraz, you know? And uh, they ran into some kind of jungle-looking thing, and all the policemen were looking after them, and because they want to catch them and you know take them back to prison. And so, you know, they the first one, you know, they they were hot on his heels, hot on his heels, and so he ran up into the tree, and you know the the guards heard something going. So he they ran to the first tree, and they looked up, and they said, "Who's up there? Who's up there?" And he went, "Meow." Said, "Oh, it's just a cat, just a cat, just a cat." So then you know he heard a scuffle again. Ran to the next tree. This is where the Chinese man or the American, you know, he said it was, a, it was a cat. The second guy, you know, was up there and he said, man, who is up there? Who is up there? And he was just like, he said, oh, it's just a squirrel. Just a squirrel. So then man, the Jamaican man is like, man, they took a cat and a squirrel. Cat and a squirrel. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And so he ran up into the tree and they heard a scuffle and they went up there and he said, who is up there? Who is up there? And boy, he started sweating bullets, sweating bullets. And I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. And he just went, moo. <laughs> Needless to say, they got him, right? Amen. Because we don't have no squirrel in Jamaica. So he ran out the animals. <laughs> All right. Today's test about the prison test. We are talking about perseverance, perseverance, Genesis 39 verses one through 21. I'm not going to read the first half of it, but this is kind of where Joseph, he, you know, was in the, let's read it. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, brought, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had bought him down there. Now, remember his brothers had thrown him in a pit. And then what happened is that they sold him. To the Ishmaelites. Then the Ishmaelites sold him to Potiphar. All right? You're with me now. Okay. I'm going to bring out some things as we go along. Verse 2. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was prosperous. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Now, bear in mind that Joseph is coming from a well-known, wealthy family, and now he's sold into slavery. Number 3. Verse 3. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made everything that he did to prosper. 
And Joseph found grace in the sight of the Lord and uh, his Lord, and he served him, and he made him overseer over all his house, and all that he had he put in his hand. And it came to pass from that time that he had made him the overseer in his house, and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in his house and also in the field because of Joseph. And he left everything that he had in Joseph's hand. And he knew not what he had, not even the bread which he ate. And Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph. And she said, hey, sleep with me. And he was like, no, dog, I ain't sleeping with you. He said, you don't know, man, he gave me everything except you. I don't need all that right here. He said, there's none greater in this house than me. He hasn't kept anything bad from me, but because you are his wife, how can I do this great sin against God? Verse 10, and it came to pass as she spoke to Joseph day by day. She was like, come man. You know, pastor told you it was just a booty call. So you know what that means, right? He was just always, she was just always sweating him, texting him, emailing him, Facebooking him. You just get on the Facebook, just live chatting, chatting him, you know. All that kind of stuff, tweeting him all day. Bible says it does day by day, by day by day. And he hearkened not unto her and to sleep with her, to be with her. You know, he was like, I'm not going to do it. Came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business. And there was none of the men in the house there and within. And she caught him by his clothes saying, sleep with me. And he left his clothes in her hand and ran and got out. Some of y'all need to run. Just say, run, Forrest, run. Run. When you see that picture coming across and you know you should not be getting that picture, just run. Amen. It came to pass when she saw him, he left his garment. Then she called unto the man of her house and she said unto him, look, this Egyptian, this Hebrew that you brought in has mocked us. I cried with a loud voice and it came to pass when he heard it. Verse 15, I lifted up my voice and cried. He left his garment with me and fled and got out. And she laid his coat by her. His coat situation, right? Oh. Man, you know what you thought that Joseph would have learned by now not to wear no more coats, right? I mean, every time he wears his outfit, it gets him in trouble. And she laid up his garment by her until his Lord came home. I could just see her too. And she spake unto him these words and saying, The Hebrew servant which you brought unto me came in to mock me. And it came to pass, I lifted up my voice and cried, and he left his clothes with me and fled out. And his, the master heard the words and got very angry. And Joseph's master took him and put him in prison. On a place where the king's prisoners were. But the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in prison. And whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. The keeper of the prison didn't look onto anything. Same thing, you're hearing this again. The Bible says, verse 23, did not look under Joseph's hand because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made him to prosper. Turn over to Romans 5, 3 and 5. Romans 5, 3 and 5. So here it is. We are talking about perseverance. How many of you would say that Joseph was in a situation of tribulation? I mean, he was just going through, man. I mean, he had this little dream and, uh, you know, thought he was just sharing something good. And before you know it, he's in a pit. Then he got some favor and started working and started making some money, you know, on the top of his game. And then, bam, he gets thrown into a, a prison. You ever done something good and, and got a bad result? Turn to Romans 5. When we used to have a, um, a barbershop uh, a while back, uh, Pastor Eben 
wasn't there and there was this lady that was a nail tech and we didn't allow cursing in the barbershop. We didn't allow soap operas in the barbershop. We didn't allow men to wear their tank tops in the mar- barbershop and flex nothing. You know, we, we were pretty clean, right? And um, her boyfriend used to try, come and try and wear this little outfit, you know, the sleeveless things. I mean, I don't know what y'all call them here. The white tank on the things that you wear, right? Wife beater. <laughs> A wife beater. I mean, imagine this. <laughs> y'all going to have to take me on the side and explain that one. I, I'm afraid of the answer, frankly. Uh, in Jamaica, we call it a marina. Here, a marina is somewhere a boat goes. Don't know how. It, anyway, you know what I'm talking about. And Edmund would get on him and say, you know, hey, you can't come in the shop and all this kind of stuff. And she got really, really mad. And um, one day decided to, to aggravate the pastor. You know how he is about aggravation. And um, I can't quite remember what happened now, but she, she called the police on him. She was trying to call the police on him in our own shop. So he, of course, wouldn't let her call the police. So he just had, you know, his hand on the phone like this on the wall. And so she's trying to manhandle him. Right? So he just keeps his hand on the phone. He just keeps his hand on the phone, you know. So eventually she calls the police. Or she goes outside and gets her cell phone and calls the police. And then charges him with aggravated assault. Saying that he pushed her in the dryers, nearly broke her arm, fractured, all this kind of stuff. He had to go to court. Went to court, y'all. Went to court and the, um, his witness called up his witness. And this is what the witness asked. There is a God in heaven. This is what he said. You know, if you see two dogs fighting and the dog gets a bone and the other dog gets it from him. You know, everybody can have a different perspective of which dog got the bone. <laughs> really? That is what he said on the witness stand. And right after that... Uh, <laughs> right after that <laughs> uh, they served the witness with a warrant for his arrest so you know pastor's case was just shot a shot right so he had to pay a fine for aggravated assault and he was hot because he did not assault the lady you know what I mean? And um, he was so angry and he was like, God, I don't understand. You know, blah, 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 blah. I didn't do anything to her. I did right. I didn't even push her. I just stood there with the phone and I could have clocked her and I didn't. And, you know, he was just fighting with God. And, you know, and God said to him, you know, Jesus didn't do nothing either. This is called persecution. This is called a tribulation and a trial, you know. All right. John sixteen thirty three says, in this life, you will have tribulation. This is not something you have to fast and pray and ask God for. God, give me some tribulation. No, it's going to come. Whether you want it to come or not, it's coming. It don't come today. It's coming in the noontime. It don't come at noon. It's coming at nighttime. But that thing called tribulation is a visitor that comes very regular. Verse, chapter 5. Are you in Romans 5? 3 to 5? All right, here we go. Here we go. All right. This, I'm reading from the living, so it's going to be a little bit different from here, but here it goes. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they are good for us. They help us to learn to endure or persevere. And perseverance develops strength of character. 
And character develops our hope. And hope does not disappoint. And the next one, verse 5, says hope does not disappoint. We want to make sure we get that. And hope it maketh not ashamed or disappoint because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts given by the Holy Spirit. Now, here's the thing. In this life, you're going to have tribulation. Joseph had great ability. How do I know that? Because the Bible says that Potiphar had trusted him really with everything, right? Then he went into prison and the, the prison guard trusted him with everything, right? So Joseph had good ability. But ability and character is two different things. And sometimes your ability, you're tricked by and deceived by your own ability, thinking that your ability is enough to get you to your destiny at the expense of your character. But if you don't have character when it's time to perform in your calling, you will collapse. So you have to have character behind your ability. So ability, you can, you can sing all you want. You can go, you can do all that all day long. And then get on a public stage and you have no character to support that gifting and that anointing God has trusted you with. And you make a plum fool of yourself. You can have all the education in the world and be a, a medical professional. You can be a doctor or a counselor and have no character. And abuse the trust of the people that you are serving. You can take advantage of the information that you know as a counselor and do something negative and trap those people. That's a lack of character. But you have ability. So don't be deceived by your own ability. Don't be deceived by your own education. Don't be deceived by your own anointing. Don't trick yourself and be your own press. Amen? Amen. All right, so here, here, here's the first point. All right, let's, let's define character, and uh, not character. Tribulation. Tribulation is a long trial. A trial is just real quick, right? A tribulation is like, boy, I've been going through forever. It just don't seem like it's going to end. But tribulation, ver- point one, tribulation produces patience. I'm getting this from Romans 5, right? Tribulation produces patience. Joseph gets sold into slavery and gets thrown in a pit and gets sold as a slave. Now he has a master's wife who lies on him and he's in prison. I'd call it a tribulation. What is patience though? Because it's supposed to produce patience. Let me tell you what patience is not. Patience is not the Starbucks moment that passed ahead. Those of you who do not know what the Starbucks moment is, a pastor, uh, was in the coffee shop and the guy just treated him real bad and he just threw the coffee on the man. That's a short version. You can go ahead to the bookstore and get the, the long version, which is way more funnier. But he just went like. And then we saw the police come around and track him down. He had to pay a fine. Boy, he's been paying a lot of fines lately in his life. <laughs> so fine, so fine. Amen. Turn to Deuteronomy 8. Deuteronomy 8, verse 2. Tribulation produces patience. Patience is waiting with contentment during the tribulation. So I, I don't ever, and I have never prayed for patience. Because like I told you, that tribulation thing is guaranteed. Why pray for something you're going to get anyhow? Lord, give me patience. Give me patience, Lord. 
multiply my tribulation? No, 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 no. You don't want any more tribulation. Amen. So, but you want to have patience. I'm going to tell you how, why this is important. Verse Deuteronomy 8, verse 2. Are you there? All right. Let me go to Deuteronomy 8, 2. In the Living Bible, it says here, Remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for 40 years, humbling you and testing you to prove your character and to find out or, whether or not you would really obey his commands. Remember, we, uh, we were talking about the, um, the coats. Joseph had the first coat. And when he had the first coat and the, he was being persecuted and he was going through tribulation with his brothers, right? They took his coat and they took it to his dad as evidence that something had happened to Joseph. And the Bible does not say that Joseph was killed. The Bible says that his dad perceived and made a conclusion on his own that based on the, the, the coat and how it was looking that he was dead. Right? He lived the rest of his life. And he said, I will grieve for Joseph the rest of my life. But it was based on a lie. Right? The coat. The second time Potiphar's wife takes his coat. What is it that the devil keeps using to trip up your character and to lie on you about? What is it that, that he's trying to use as evidence against you? That when it's time for you to move into your calling, when it's time for you to get that, get that work in you, he just kind of makes you step back. What is that coat? See, I was Joseph. I'd be wearing no more coats. It could be like freezing cold outside and be like, Brother Joe, would you like my coat? Oh, no, 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 I'd be fine right here just freezing by myself. Thank you very much. I'd be coatless. I'd just be butt naked running around here because I just wouldn't know. Don't give me no coat. Don't give me no shirt. Don't give me no socks. Nothing. But what is it that the enemy keeps recurring? Because the thing is, while he was going through his development stage, we're always talking about these coats that he got. As long as he's going through this tribulation, he's got this coat situation going on. Tribulation produces patience. Number two, patience produces character. That's what it says in Romans. This was a 13-year process that Joseph was in. Joseph just didn't get sold and then popped up and was ruler next week. And many of us, because hear me now, Joseph always had great ability. Because the Bible says that his father sent him to go take care of his brothers. He was already trustworthy from he was 17. Right? And then he went and, and kept being trustworthy and kept being trustworthy. So his ability was great. But he was in a 13-year process. He did not become ruler of Egypt until 13 years after he was taken from his brothers. But so many of us want to just buck it and shuck it and jive it and then, you know, do like I love Jeannie, winkle her nose and click her heels and bam, we're into that wealthy place. We're into that successful place. We're into that place of promise. It doesn't work like that. You have got to go through the process of building character and patience develops character. David fled 13 years from Saul. Paul, the apostle, sat under Ananias for 13 years before he was released. God has something with 13. And you're saying, well, Pastor Saul, my tribulation has been 13 years. Well, maybe it has been more. Some of you are saying, boy, it's been more. I've been just going through for a long time. Seems like this cycle just does not end. Well, welcome to Abraham. He went through for 25 
And you're like, well, Pastor Sarah, 25, that's all they got. It's been like 35. It's been, oh boy, it's been a long time for me. Well, Mo, Mo, Moses went through it for 40 before he got into his wealthy place, before he got into the prime of his calling, was 40 years. And you say, well, Pastor, it's been 40 years. It's been 50. Well, I tell you here that some of the Israelites never got into Canaan because of their attitude. Is it possible that during your tribulation, your attitude can shorten or lengthen it? Is it possible that Joseph didn't have to go through 13 years had he learned something? I'll show you something that Joseph did in the prison. Makes me think this. The right attitude during tribulation is important. Genesis 40 verse 14. Go to Genesis 40 verse 14. I'm going to show you. Because Joseph not really too learning, you know. No, he did a lot of good things. And he did a lot of great things. But Joseph wasn't always perfect. You remember, he was in a pride test. He was like, nah, 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 nah. You're going to bow to me one day. You're going to bow to me one day. You better see me now. See me in my future. Look much better than they look right now. All this kind of stuff he, Joseph was doing, you know. You know, I'm highly favored. You see my coat. You know, that's what Joseph was doing. That's annoying. Keep your stuff to yourself. No one wants. Genesis 40 verse 14. Here is, here's what happened. Joseph gets into prison and, you know, he begins to, to, to rise to the top, right? And they have the butler and the baker, right? And the butler and the baker come in and they get cast into prison and the prison guard gives Joseph charge over them. When he gets charge over them, they both have a dream. They both have a dream and the dream, they look very sad. And the Bible says that Joseph said, what's wrong with you today? And they both, well, the first one was the, um, Butler, the butler told him the dream. And he said, you know, I saw this, this, and this, and this. And Joseph said, okay, I'll tell you what. Um, in three days, Pharaoh is going to restore you to your rightful place. And you will serve him again. But right after that, this is what this verse says. But think on me. When it gets well with you, show me kindness. I pray. Make mention of me. Drop my name, drop my name. <laughs> to Pharaoh. I want to be with the big dogs. Circumvent the system. Give me a hookup. Network. And get me out of this place. I don't want to be in this tribulation. I don't want to be in this process. Can you circumvent the person over the prison? Can you circumvent the person over that? Just get me straight to Pharaoh. Tell him what I did for you. I interpreted a dream for you. I took care of you. God will never reward manipulation. And he said, if you look, verse, 14, verse 15, he says, you know, don't forget me. Don't forget me. Three days later, the butler gets out, but the Bible says he forgot Joseph. Just in three days. In three days, he forgot Joseph. Now, the question is this. Turn to Psalm 105, verse 19. Here's the thing. While Joseph was in, was in tribulation, remember we talk about patience produces character because he has to be developing some character now, right? Joseph was still not selfish in his tribulation. The Bible says that he helped these people to interpret their dreams. He was still looking out for people. He could have been like, well, you just been in here one day. I've been in here a minute. He even got me a promotion and everything. Whatever's wrong with you, wrong with you. You're looking sad. Well, everybody in here is sad. It's a prison. You're not supposed to be looking happy in prison. Welcome to the club. But he didn't do that. He went and he ministered to him and said, hey, this is what's going to happen to you. You know, this is what's going to go on. 
So your attitude during your perseverance, your, your, your tribulation is very important. Psalm 105, Psalm 105, verse 19. And I'm going to, uh, I'm going to just tell you what it says. Okay, here it goes. Until the time that his word came, the, in the living it says, the word of the Lord tried Joseph's character. In other words, until the time of Joseph's fulfillment, what his purpose and destiny and his calling was really to be manifested, which was to be that, that ruler right under Pharaoh to help save his people. That was his ultimate calling. Until that happened, the Bible said the word of the Lord tried him. The word tried means to purify, to purge. Tried his character. God is trying and testing our character all the time. Making sure that we will be able to sustain the platform of influence that he's going to give us. It would be the worst thing for God to prematurely promote us when we don't need promotion. We think we can handle some things in the future when we really can't. It's best to trust God. I'm almost finished. Okay, here. Number three. Character produces hope. Character produces hope. Having the character equivalent to the opportunity will bring hope. Because when you have good character, what is the character anyway? Character is not just what you do. It's your, it's not your, it's your attitude within what you do as well. You can do the right thing in a bad attitude and you're, you're displaying no good character. Character is making sure that at the level of influence that you will have, you will have the moral aptitude and attitude to sustain it. Because you can make morally correct uh, decisions, but have a, a corrupt attitude. Character produces hope. When the character is prayed, when the character is prepared, opportunity becomes inevitable. You will get the opportunity equivalent to the character that you have. Da David attracted Goliath because he was ready for him. See, he, didn't, he didn't attract the Goliath when he was just 13 years old or he was nine years old. He attracted a character when it was, he attracted um, Goliath when he was ready for Goliath. Here's the thing. You know, I, I have this secret thing where I believe I can sing. And I, I mean, I just believe with all my heart. I do. I don't care that everybody says I can't sing, but I really believe I can sing. So, um, one time we went to a pastor, Che had a, you know, you want to give me a song? <laughs> I'm on the contract, you know, can't share that in public. <laughs> me, me, me. <laughs> so anyway, so this is what I did, Pastor Arthur. I went to a camp that Pastor Che was hosting. And I was a guest speaker. My, pastor Eben and I was a guest speaker. And I felt the spirit of the Lord. Looking back, it was the Lord of the rings, right? We know it was not the Lord most high. So we, I felt the spirit of the Lord. And um, he was leading me to sing a Helen Baylor song. Helen Baylor, the Whitney Houston of the gospel world. And, um, <laughs> and I just busted out there. And I promise you, I was a, can you reach my friend? You're the only one who can. I mean, I was just going for it. And Eben was just like this. <laughs> Lord, I know you love him. And I mean, I am, I am like in it, you know. And boy, I tell you what. I finished that song. I came up. I felt, I mean, I was like, I did what God asked me to do. 
I walked off the stage and Brother Eben, Brother Eben said, sweet, don't ever do that again. <laughs> I said, what? I said, baby, he goes, sweet, I'm just telling you, stay. Mm-mm. He said, I love you. I, I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. He said, but that was horrible. Your ability does not even match to the opportunity that you have right here. You created an opportunity and God did not bless. You manipulating your little stage time that you had. Just because you had the mic don't mean that you needed to go and sing when you can't sing and then frustrate the whole plan of God right there and there. I have never tried that ever again in my life. You know, another time we had a uh, heaven, you know, heaven really, you know, she was like, why do I have to go to bed at eight? Why do I have to go to bed at eight? All my friends go to bed at nine and nine thirty. All my friends. Okay. I thought, well, go live with your friends. Go live with them. You know, I said, okay, I'll tell you what, I'm going to give you a week. You can just run your life. Run your life. I'll get you to school, but I not won't wake you up. I'm not going to um, remind you of no homework. I'm not going to you run your life. Don't tell you when to go to bed. Run your life. It's yours. You got a week. Day one, we're late for school. Day two, mommy, can you bring my homework? Oh, no, mommy, mommy don't live here anymore. Love don't live here anymore. You're on your own, remember? I don't run nothing for you. You should have remembered your homework. Day three, left the PE clothes. Day four, left the trumpet. I mean, by, we're going to bed at 11, 11.45. I mean, your old girl eyes bloodshot when she gets up, but she's just, you know. Friday comes on and, you know, she's, she's there and she's tired. Uh, so I'm just sitting there. I mean, we're late, we're late like two times, at least two times out of the week, right? So I said, how, how, how is it working for you? Because I'm Dr. Phil now. How, how is this working for you? She's like, oh, yeah, you know, I need help. You're not helping me at all. No, see, I am your parent and you are not qualified right now to run your own life. You don't have the character that you're going to need for some hope right now. You, if, we, if she had the character and she was ready for it, she would be confident and ready to go into her next thing. But I had to pull it all and show her you're in a process of maturation. If you skip that process, you are costing yourself everything. You're costing yourself grades. You're costing yourself rest. You're costing yourself um, reputation. You're costing yourself too much because you think you can run this all on your own. Some of us are 45 with a nine-year-old set mindset. We think we're grown because we're in a grown body. You're not grown. Everybody needs to be accountable to somebody. Everybody needs somebody to speak into their life. Everybody needs to submit, and that process is not fast. When you get that hope, then hope will bring you to your destiny. The Bible says that hope does not disappoint. This means to miss. Hope, when you have hope, it makes you not miss your appointment. You know, let me tell you something. When your character can sustain the platform that you are supposed to have, the worst thing is doing something you're not prepared for. But the best thing is making sure that you're prepared for it. That when it happens, you just know this is the reason, this is the moment for which I was created right here. 
During the tribulation, Esther responded in a good way. She, get, she fasted and she prayed. And three days, God switched that thing around for her. And she became a deliverer of a people, which was the very purpose she was born. She was not born to be queen. She was born to deliver. And the tribulation came and Mordecai came to her and said, hey, your people suffering. And she was like, oh my God, today, I, you know, he's going to cut my head off if I go in there uninvited. And he said, but this is the reason that you are born, Esther. Don't get confused. You're not born here for you. You're born here for other people. Don't miss your maximizing opportunity and your calling because you're just worried about you. You've got to get and step into that destiny. And she said, all right, I'm going to switch my attitude. My attitude will be prayer and fasting. How many of us, when we're going through tribulation, pray and fast? Are we calling every hotline? Pray for me. I don't want to pray for myself, but you can pray for me. No, pray and fast. You know, during the tribulation, Jesus responded with forgiveness on the cross. And he'd be able to get to sat on the right hand of, G, of, of, of the Father. But he could have said, you know, call down angels and said, you know, you know, just cut them up. But the Bible says he said, Father, forgive them. For they don't know what. Are you going through a tribulation with an ex that you just need to forgive? Your baby mama. The baby has grown up, gone to college, and she's still trying to get some medical insurance from you. I'm just saying, forgive her. During the tribulation, Samson responded with repentance and destroyed his enemies. During your tribulation, if you've had a bad attitude, you've not been developing your character properly, just repent. Turn around. During tribulation, Joshua responded with faith, and he entered into Canaan. Are you responding with faith? Are you responding with worry like the other spies? Oh my gosh, this is too big for me. Can't do that. Oh, I'm tired of being in the wilderness. But at the same time, it's too much responsibility to go to the next level. Don't want to tithe. Don't want to give offering and really go to that next level financially. But I don't like it here. I don't like it on just enough street. But I'm not willing to do what it is to get to more than enough street. You got to be willing to do more than you did now to get where you want. You haven't been. During the tribulation, Paul responded with submission to authority. He was being tried. He got knocked off his horse. And, you know, Jesus was like, why are you just fighting me? Why are you kicking against the pricks? I'm I'm trying to work something in you. I'm trying to get you to your calling, to your destiny. And you just keep fighting me. Stop fighting me, Paul. And eventually Paul said, okay, I submit. Whatever, you know what the Bible says, he said, whatsoever you want me to do, you know, Lord, what will you have me to do? And he said, hey, go down, go find this man named Ananias. And he went down and he submitted to Ananias for 13 years. And then he became the chief apostle. During the tribulation, you and I are building character. Character gives way to hope. And when you have hope, belief And confidence, hope is confidence. When you have that confidence, you can step into your calling because you know that you are ready. You know that you're sure. You know this is the place. Psalm 119.67, you should love this verse. It says, it was good that I was afflicted for then I learned to obey your word. Don't see affliction and tribulation as something that you run from. See, there's something that you run through. 
The Bible says that he will walk with you through the valley of the shadow of death. You have no fear for evil, for he is with you. His rod and his staff, they comfort you. Even your enemies don't worry about it because he's prepared a table in the presence of your enemies. Then he said, don't worry. He's going to anoint your head with some oil. He's going to let your cup run over. And that goodness thing and that mercy thing and that favor thing is going to run after you like a man in heat just running in the wilderness looking for some water. The Bible says that he will sustain you in a time of trouble. Do not fear trouble. Do not fear persecution. Do not fear the, the tribulation process. Just say, God, what is it and I'm supposed to submit to? What is it that you need to correct in me? So that when I get to my place of influence, I don't make a mess of it. Amen? Don't be 40 years. Don't even be 13 years. Do a, make the Lord do a quick work in you. Bye-bye doing that. Amen? Amen. If you would, just close your eyes and hopefully you got something out of that.